this is uh, the last lesson here in Shiro next week, inshallah, will be live at the same time, exactly the same time, um, 8, 8.20, but it will be from Toronto, inshallah, I'll be teaching Protect This House this weekend, and it will be 3.20 local time in Al-Huda, so anyone from uh, the 6th over there, then we're going to be at Al-Huda, inshallah, uh, straight after Asr Salah. Right, folks, uh, I forgot to bring this last time, just, pass this one over there, and... Uh, I bought these from Ariha. Ariha is um, Jericho. Uh, when I went to Palestine, I like these uh, dates from there. And um, that's that. Right. Lot to cover today. All right. Or rather, a lot that I want to cover and finish today because we've got a little bit of video studio, a little bit of effects and some discussion and some whatever. So let's, uh, let's uh, crack on notes, Salaka. So uh, we are going to be doing today. Yeah, we done that, okay. And so the follower, when he stands up, we're not going to get to that part. Okay. And so, uh, then up, 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 then he stands up straight whilst raising his hands. We did this yesterday, yeah? last week, with the Imam and the one praying alone. They say, Sami Allah wa And then, when standing up straight, they say, Rabbana wa lakal hamd. And then they add to it, Mil as-sama'i wa mil al-ardi wa mil amashit min shayin ba'd. Okay. The follower, however, so this is the guy who is following, like we, we all, all of us just were, the ma'moom. We were all ma'moomeen, all of us, in this jama'ah that we just prayed, okay? What does he say? Only, Rabbana wa hamz. So the first lesson immediately, we don't say, Sami Allah wa hamida. That's the imam's job, yep? And if you're praying alone, we've learned that you say all of it, okay? Whereas if you're praying behind an imam, you're just going to say, Rabbana wa hamd. Only. We're going to explain that. Then, whilst uttering the takbir, i.e. then while saying the takbir, he falls to the floor. Yakhiru. Yani there's a, a, a little focus there. He falls to the floor in prostration onto seven limbs. His two feet, his two knees, his two hands, and his forehead whilst including the nose. This can be on, uh, uh, onto any surface covering other than the seven limbs themselves. That's going to be next week. His two feet, his two hands, his two, his two feet, his two knees, his two hands. In the Arabic, indicating order. Okay, go back up, Lala. Uh, up up so uh, Arabic Arabic so he goes uh, yeah I don't know why I put and 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 I should have put then listen someone needs to put a note yeah I need to change that translation okay it's very clear in Arabic alright rijlayhi thumma rukbatayhi thumma yadayhi yani the thumma is indicating then 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 but for some reason, I've put and, and or oh, I don't even know what I put. put. Go back down again. What did I put? 
He falls to the floor in prostration onto seven limbs. His two feet, his two knees, his two hands. It's not indicating order, is it? No, it's not indicating order. It could be read in order, but I don't think it's indicating strong enough. Yani, uh, firstly his two feet, then his two hands, then firstly his two feet, then his two knees, then his two hands, and then his forehead whilst including the nose. That's what it should say. Okay, folks, that's what we're going to cover today, inshallah. Right, so let's start then. Uh, at the bottom of page 101, volume 3 uh, of Al-Mumti' uh, Al-Mumti' uh, What's the result of the vote, by the way? We've got the res result of the no confidence? How, 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 how thingy? 309 verses? 325, yeah? Another man. For us that, by the way, not, not, for, not for her Unbelievable right, right. Okay, so the Ma'moom, okay What's he going to do? In the hal of the Rafa', we discussed this last week. All of these statements of Rabbana walaka alhamd, Samiyallahu al-Muhammida, Allahu Akbar, all of these phrases are all intiqaliyya. They happen during movement. And when we say happen during movement, the definition of that means between rukan and rukan. That's a nice, easy way of understanding it. Between arkan, between pillars. So the pillar here, of course, is standing. The pillar here, for example, is bowing. The pillar here is standing back up again. The pillar here is sajda. These are the pillars. So when we're talking movement, it's in between. So that's why, therefore, when we say, Rabbana wa lak alhamd, it needs to be timed, so it's happening all the way while standing. Even though it's a response, that shows that the imam shouldn't do something like, you know, stand up and say, Samiyallahu liman hamida. That's a mistake on his behalf. He's not doing it in the middle. As for my guy, when he, when he for, let's imagine that he's behind the imam directly and sees him standing up. He doesn't have to wait for the imam to say, Samiyallahu al Hamidah to stand up, right? His standing and movement and everything is based upon movement, not upon hearing. We agree, we agree with that, yeah? Because a person could be blind, a person could be miles away, or whatever it is. You're following the person in front of you based upon what they're following in front of them, which is based upon... So the imam, if he moves and doesn't say, Samiyallahu al Hamidah, and I, when I'm moving, say, Rabbana wa lak alhamd, I'm responding to no call. You get what I'm saying? Right? So I'm messing up what I'm saying. I'm not even saying, I'm saying it in the right place, but I'm not responding properly. He messed up by saying it in the wrong place and not allowing me to respond properly. So this is the responsibilities that are required for the imam, the follower, and the individual to make sure you're saying the right thing at the right time. That's the first point. Um, he then says, the, 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 the author says, that this person says, Rabbana wa lak alhamd. Okay? Rabbana wa lak alhamd faqat, only. Does the author mean that? Does he mean only as in that's it now? He doesn't say anything? When we've just been heard, when we've just been told that the imam and the guy praying by himself or the girl praying by herself says, Rabbana wa lak alhamd, mil as-sama'i wa mil al-ardi wa ma baynahuma wa mil amashit min shayin bad. And then you've got the elongated version of that, ahlathna wa al-majd. Or you've got other dua that you could be saying. So the person who's following, they're not allowed to say anything? I think it does mean, uh, don't say Allah. Excellent. Correct. All right. Fakat here means don't say Samiyallahu alayhi wa hamida. Doesn't mean don't say the dua afterwards because this is the moment of dua. You know, in the prayer, when you start to get used to the prayer and you start to use the prayer, yani meaning that you get comfortable with the prayer as a tool and not as a chore, as a help and not as a burden, then you start to recognize that there are certain key points you look forward to. One of the key points is when you stand up. When you stand up and you're about to get yourself to go into sajda, you're about to move into the greatest position that a human being can ever, ever go into. 
which is in prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Magnificent because it is something we're so happy and proud to do because that fool, yani, he didn't and he's cursed forever, right? He didn't want to do it. He thought that he was a bad man and look what happened to him. Yep, Iblis is finished, Shayateen are finished. For us, our sharaf, our honor, our identity is that sajda. His identity and his honor is in not doing the sajda. You get the point? And so you're about to go into this position. It's just a wonderful moment to take stock, take an account, calm down, breathe, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bam, Allahu Akbar. You know what I'm saying? So this is a moment of dua and dhikr, especially hamd, especially praise. All right? That's why you see uh, the dua that are narrated in the sunnah to be linked to that kind of praise concept. Yani, you know, praise, Rabbana wa hamd, but I'm not going to let it there. What's the other famous one that you should say here? Hamdan kathiran, tayyiban, mubarakan. All of these phrases people are thinking are separate words. Actually, they are all descriptions of the hamd. Okay? Hamdan kathiran, tayyiban, mubarakan. Yani, that it is hamdan kathiran, that is hamdan tayyiban, that is hamdan mubarakan. It is yani, blessed, it's plentiful, it's lots, it's, yani, it's absolutely the best, purest one that I can put forward without any deficiency. Hopefully my mind is clear when I'm saying that. Hopefully that my intention is clear when I'm saying that. It's tayyib, it's pure, it's beautiful. You're describing the hamd. So the focus is around the hamd. Look at the other dua. Mil al-ard, mil al-samai wal-ard. Yeah, it is what fills what fills? The hamd, which fills the heavens and the earth and that what is between it and after it and whatever. So this is a position of praise. Everything about it, all the dua and dhikr, its focus is praise. All right, so let's make that clear that faqat here does not refer to uh, uh, saying nothing. Now that then also indicates something else. It indicates that these authors, when they are writing these books, they are writing shorthand. When they're writing shorthand, they ain't got time to write absolutely everything out. Because the next question should be, that can a, should a person say, ah, wal majd? Because it, last week we said that the Imam says, uh, But we know that the actual narrated uh, version of that adds a longer version as well. So uh, is this uh, Imam saying only say that or indicating that you say all of it? No doubt, all of it. No doubt. And he's just writing shorthand. And that's very important to make that decision. Okay? Um, the next issue, the next issue is, what if someone says, why are you not saying Samiyallahu liman hamida? Why are you not saying Samiyallahu liman hamida? When the Prophet said, Sallu kama usalli, pray as you see me pray. So why are we not saying Samiyallahu liman hamida? Who can remember the, the hadith we mentioned last week? The hadith that we mentioned last week is that the Prophet ﷺ said, when the Imam, يعني, when the Imam says, or when he says, Allah, uh, he responds to the one who praises him, then قولوا, then you lot all say, Rabbana walakalhamd. So what we have is a hadith which is am and hadith which is khas, a general hadith. And a specific hadith. And a specific hadith always specifies the general. So the general hadith which says, pray as, I, as you have seen me pray, means in general. And then we have another hadith which is very specific that says, you say this. So that's indicating that by you say this, don't say that. And that's not contradicting the first hadith, it's specifying it. So that's very, very important. And that's how scholars reconcile between various uh, narrations. All right. Um, next uh, issue. What the author has not said, okay, what the author has not said is, 
as you can see in the notes, Lala, the English, he says, then, just go to the last sentence, right? The follower after rising only says, Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Rabbana wa lakal hamd. Then, while saying takbir, he goes into prostration. What has he not mentioned? Something that was asked last week. Hands. Okay, we're going to have a debate now. Where do you think the hands should go? On the chest. Okay? All right? A position one. Yeah? The vast majority of people, what do they do? Hands at the sides. Okay, argument. Go. Yeah? First of all, is there a hadith? Do we have any help? Because we should not be chatting if there's a hadith, right? Is there a hadith from the Prophet that tells us that the Prophet placed his hands on his chest or navel or anywhere where you place your hands normally, okay, or actually anything to do with the hands after standing up from Rukua? No? Anyone else want to put an offer in? Put the back, go back to the comments, Lala online. Anyone? Any hadith? No is the correct answer. Not a single hadith, okay? Not a single narration that mentions what the Prophet ﷺ did after Rukua. Okay? Specifically, I mean. Okay, so now that we've got that clear, this is obviously going to get back to an issue of debate, discussion, and opinion. Go ahead, argue your case. So, Usman is saying that the default is that your hands are on your chest when you are standing. Is that true? The default, Islam is saying the default is hands down. The sunnah is to place your hands on the chest. That's, a, that's, not, necessarily, uh, uh, that's not necessarily true, meaning that uh, 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 it's, it's true to argue the point, but the two statements don't make sense. It could be correct to say that the sunnah is to put your hands down or the hands to be up, and it would be still the default. Those two statements didn't make, but... I'm more interested in what you intended to say, which is that the default is the hands down. Yep, that's what you're saying. Yeah, is it though the default that the hands down? Yeah, well, that's what you told us in the sense that that's the standard position. Of? Of when, well, not after the, uh, Allahu Akbar, not after the, uh, Sana Allah in Hamidah. Okay. In the normal salah after Allahu Akbar, not yep. the standard position is yep. down. Did I say that? You did a few weeks ago. Did I say that that's the default position? That when a person is standing in Fatiha, his hands are down. Yes, the reason that can't. The basic position. He's losing his own argument here. The basic position, if we're going to say, like, yeah, for most of us, our default is hands on our chest. Okay, if we're going to go with that opinion, that if we're going to say front or whatever. Yeah. So if that is, then uh, you have to have your hands on your chest. So let's, let's look at this, right? Okay. Let's look at. You see, we jumped a few points, and that's, what, that's, where the, that's where the problem is. Okay, let's just go back to Fatiha and Qiyam and standing. Okay, what's the default position? The default position is the Sunnah. That's the most important thing. The default position is the Sunnah. What, does the, what is the Sunnah? There is no doubt about it. Uh, the, the, the hands right on left. The chest is debatable, but definitely right hand on left hand. Exact location is a matter of discussion. We believe on the chest. We believe all the hadith indicate that. The strongest evidences indicate that. But we also accept that there are a few weaker evidences that suggest a bit lower and then even possibly below the navel. We covered that. But the key is that they're not by the sides. Yeah, that they are right hand on left hand. Hadith indicate that. So we're happy with that. And that position is called qiyam, standing. Right? That is the default position at that part. So that's what he's referring to when he says default position. 
the question here, of course, is who says after ruku' is a default position? That's the problem here. <coughs> who is going to be able to put their argument stronger forward? Who says that it is? Who says that it isn't? There's literally no clear way to determine this. If you're going to go by scholars and numbers and opinion, then I can tell you that the Hanafi school, the Shafi'i school, the Hanbali school, based upon, uh, yeah, the Hanbali school, and the vast majority of scholars, contemporary and previous, and in the modern times, it was really quite aggressively championed by Sheikh Al-Albani, the Muhaddith, okay, as well. That, the default position, is hands by the sides, okay? And that is the position of the majority and always has been and always will be. And the reason for that is because this is a new position and in a new position, the default is by the sides. Unless we see an evidence to move the hands. That's the argument, right? The default is by the sides because we don't have a single hadith. Sheikh Al-Bani, when he mentioned this point, he goes, there's not a single muhaddith or a single hadith or a single narration from the Salaf that indicated that they put their hands in any other place. And if they did put them on their chest, there'd be a single hadith at least. Right? But it's not a single one, not even a weak one. That's very interesting. That's why the majority have chosen that position. The response to that, the Maliki school are disqualified, obviously, because why they're disqualified? Did they put their hands down the side? Anyway, they don't have hands anywhere other than the sides in the beginning or the end, so it doesn't matter. Right? But there is a narration from Imam Ahmed himself. So it, it, there's a riwayah from Ahmed that a person can choose between hands on his chest and hands by his side, which is indicating that he does feel there's an argument there. And what do the modern champions of this position hold? Who are the modern champions? Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz, alayhi rahmatullah, the companion and the colleague of Sheikh Uthameen, and Sheikh Uthameen himself, and the modern day kind of muhaqqiqeen of the Hanbalis. And they've got a really strong argument. Their argument is that that position, we have not a single description of where the hands should go. Yet, when we go into ruku'ah, we have so much detail where the hands should go. When we come up from ruku'ah, we have so much detail that the hands were lifted. When we go into sajda, we have exact hadith where the hands physically go. When you come back up from sajda, you have exactly where the hands should go. You, when you go back down in sajda, exactly where the hands should go. When you come back up into tashahud, exactly where the hands should go. When you've got the, uh, 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 the movement at the tahiyyat and Allahumma salli, what the hands should be doing, where they should go. If you stand back up, what the hands should do. When you are standing, where the hands should go. But there's nothing for after the ruqur. Is that a correct observation? That observation is correct. So they all agree on that. So now what's the next step then? If that's the observation, what's the next step? Albani and the majority, they're going to say, well, it's obviously a default zero position by the, by the sides. There's nothing to say where they should go. So if there's hands are nowhere to go, where should they go? By the sides. Ibn Baz said, this is their mistake. Ibn Baz said, this is the, side, uh, the, the, the mistake of the majority in Albani. That why would by the sides be the default? Why not on the head? He didn't say this, but I'm saying it. And he's got a point. Why wouldn't it be on the head? Why wouldn't it be up, up thingy? Why is there a default position of the hands to be by the side? Why? Why? Uh, 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 and, and his response, his direct response to the accusation that there's not a single hadith, there's not a single ayah, there's not a single nothing, he goes that absolutely there is. The original hadith. 
And the hadith which, if you look at it yani in its wording, interesting, because the Prophet Sallallahu he said in the hadith of Sahel, okay, of uh, hadith Sahel ibn Sa'ad in Sahel Bukhari, كان الناس يؤمرون أن يضع الرجل يده اليمنى على ذراعه اليسرى في الصلاة في الصلاة that the Prophet Sahel said that the people were commanded to place their right hand on the left arm in the prayer in the prayer not just in Qiyam okay the other narrations mention Qiyam but in the prayer, Ibn Baz's argument is, there's the hadith. doesn't say Qiyam, it says Salah. So every position that has not been mentioned, then therefore the default position is that it returns back to here. Do you get the point? Alright, that's his argument basically. That's the position of Sheikh uh, Uthameen. And so let me just read to you what actually exactly what he says. Um, he goes... Um, what has been narrated from Imam Ahmed on this is that a person has a choice of either letting them go, which is we call irsal, as we mentioned, okay? So he makes irsal, he lets the hands go by the sides, or he puts the right hand on the left hand, uh, or he puts right hand on the left hand. And he doesn't mention, by the way, the chest, okay? And this was the, uh, and, and this was, and it's the way that Imam Ahmed mentions this, it's almost like as if he indicates, it's almost like as if he prefers putting the right hand on the left hand, almost, okay? Um... And there is no doubt that there is nothing in the Sunnah which is very, very clear uh, that indicates it has to be after the Ruku'ah. And that's why a person has a choice. He can do it. And as the scholars would mention, this is one of those issues, Al-Amru Fi Dhalika Wasi'ah. That actually the issue is uh, uh, open. It's an easygoing issue. Yani, uh, you know, when we kind of say there's, there's space. There's space for both opinions. Okay? And there's no doubt about it. That even Bin Baz, who was the number one proponent okay, of this position, he said, like I've taught you, that any position of the hands in the prayer is a sunnah. Meaning it's not from the arkan of the prayer. Meaning it's not obligatory to do. That's different, you see, from being non-default. If that's, that's the point I was trying to make. So, meaning that even if a person didn't put his hands uh, there or raise his hands or place the hands in a certain position in a certain way, the position itself would still be fulfilled. The arkan of the prayer would still be fulfilled because the actual hadith, uh, the actual uh, movement of the hands, positioning of the hands is a sunnah, not from the actual pillars of the prayer or the essentials of the prayer. Sheikh Uthameen continues, As for what yani, seems clear to me, the sunnah is that you put the right hand upon the left hand. Because of the generality of the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ ordered the people to put the right on the left in the prayer. If you look at this hadith and you've mentioned and focus on that word الصلاة, and he didn't say he didn't say qiyam, it becomes clear that is indicating that this happens before the ruku happens after the ruku is general across the uh, board and he goes, look, it's very clear that the hands go here in the ruku', here in the sujood, here in this place, here in that place. And so therefore, when you talk about salah or qiyam, actually it covers before and after. That's the argument. Truth is, you can see both angles. My position is the position of the majority, that the hands do go, go by the sides and not upon the chest. And the position of the chest is a, a, it's one of the narrations of Ahmed, Uthameen's opinion, Ibn Baz's opinion, with our respect to them. The class position is that they go to the sides, 
as per the majority of scholars. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah? So now you now understand when you see people next to you, they, they make rafa idain or they don't, regardless, and then they put their hands back up whilst they're waiting. That's the reason they're doing it, is because whilst they're waiting, it's like they're in qiyam. If you're in qiyam in the prayer, the default position of the hands, according to them, is right upon left. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah? We good with that? Class position is by the side. Like the official Hanbali Madhab itself, like the Shafi'i Madhab, like the Hanafi Madhab, like the majority of the scholars. Yeah. That's a good question, right? So Usman's bringing another angle to this. You know, we spoke about the importance of switching between different narrated positions to be ordered to make the prayer different, to make you feel it, to make you almost experiment and make you yani, motivated and interested in the prayer itself. Would this fall into it? No, it wouldn't. This is a... If it's, not, if it's not considered to be a sunnah, then it wouldn't. That's the whole point. In this scenario here, you are either saying it, it is or it isn't. It's, it, you, can't have a, you, can't have a, you can't be on both. You are either saying this is a unique position or you're saying, and therefore the default is by the size, or you're saying, no, it's a continuation of the standing before Ruku' and whatever. So this is not something you'd switch up. It's not something you'd switch up because each side is clearly saying that, no, this is a sunnah that's wrong, that's a sunnah this is wrong, and, but you know what, because the good, the, the good thing is that it's only a sunnah that we're disagreeing over, it's not a problem. But it's not a problem as an official statement does not mean that you practice the other. You get what I'm saying? It's a yes or no. All right? All right. Then, ثُمَّ يَخِرُّ مُكَبِّرًا سَاجِدًا Then he throws himself, يعني falls into sajda uh, in a state of takbir. Okay? In a state of takbir. Before he does that, what is the length of time that a person should be uh, staying, standing here? يعني you know, he says, thumma. Thumma means then. It's indicating that there was some kind of stop. Would you agree? Before. You know, whenever you see, yani, then, 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 there is an indicating of a process. So, it's clear that once we've stood up, yeah, stood up, we've completed a process, th- then we go down. But what he didn't do is to emphasize this, this standing process. And you know and, and I know that packs have a major chronic problem with this, right? Okay? They don't straighten their backs. They're like, yeah, they go and they're like, you know, I've got to get down as soon as I possibly can. It's horrible. Yes? You know, and they just stand up and then they go down, especially if they're praying by themselves. And the good thing, of course, is that if you're praying behind an imam, who's literally forcing you and holding you, you got, everybody knows, front low is like, you know, you're that person who's on a diving board. And you know, it's great when you see an imam, like, he's just not interested. Then they all go back a bit. And some of them go off again. And they realize it's not happening, so then they go back up again. That's just crazy, isn't it? Okay, I mean, there's a major sin in going and moving before the imam anyway. But I found something very interesting. Well, I found something very interesting. It is here, actually. Or is it here? Uh, yeah, it is here. Yeah, and I never knew this, subhanAllah. Uh, Sheikh Uthameen mentions that Ibn Taymiyyah said, that this, this action that we blame on the packs, okay, was actually a bid'ah of the Umara of Bani Umayyah. The Umayyad uh, 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 dynasty, okay, they're the first people 
who started this act. Yani it was not known, which I, I want to think about because the Prophet ﷺ said that the worst of thieves are those that steal from the prayer, right? What else does that mean? When you, everybody heard that hadith? Worst of thieves is the one who steals from the prayer? Yeah? Okay. What did you understand that to mean? Rushing? Is that how you always understood it? Is there any alternative meaning to that? Did anyone understand it to be anything else? Okay, but even my point, even, even, even my point isn't yani, uh, restricted to individual or, or jama'ah. Just, the, just the, the concept of what would stealing from the prayer be? Missing out maybe on something quite... Like? Sunnahs, which is rushing, no? Or is it intentional? Intentional missing out. Slow prayer, but... <laughs> yeah, possible. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, I just don't know. But anyway, he said, and then uh, obviously, uh, Sheikh Uthameen, he goes, He said, Sunnah, the stealing is Sunnah. Yeah. That's a big statement. Yeah, no. The worst of people is one who steals from the prayer. Yeah. The prayer of the person who does the minimum requirements of a prayer, his prayer is valid and accepted. He hasn't stolen. Good job there, Alaga. That's the only slander there. Oof. Heavy ones. Lala said he wants a minute, Yara. He needs to process. <laughs> Lala? Lala's doing the old... I think Dr. Saab's got this one. Dr. Saab, what did Lala, you won? About time, to be honest. You see him wake up, he goes, huh, what, what? Like literally 10 minutes later, yeah? That has a delayed... Pro- <laughs> so, mashallah. Ahsant. No, I mean... Generally, all the scholars have, have uh, classically explained it as rushing. Right? It's always been rushing. But I'm just wondering where the rushing is that Ibn Taymiyyah has not put people's practice down to that hadith and what the people will do, but said that Bani Umayyah and their kings yani, are the ones who started it. And then Ibn Taymiyyah says that the people are based upon the religion of their kings. They copy them, they copy their leaders, which is probably true. Once they've established yani, the rule, I can see that. Anyway, he says that they were the first people that we saw that wouldn't stand up properly from Ruku'ah and wouldn't stand, sit up properly from Sajda. So they're quick to go into Sajda and they're quick to go into the second, which is what we know as Pak prayer, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, this is a shock and, and unacceptable. It's unacceptable because the Rukan is not done. You know, I, when I teach Fiqh Salah on a weekend level, when we look at Hadith, we look at the Hanafi school a lot more because it's more Fiqh Al-Muqaran, right? More comparative Fiqh. I do say that this reality was definitely, even if it was started by the Umayyads or whoever it was started by, it's not been helped by the Hanafi school. Okay, the Hanafi school has definitely helped propagate this problem because they do not consider to stand up straight from the Ruqur until you have stopped and breathed and all the limbs return back to place to be a rukun of the prayer, whereas the other three imams do. Now, if your official madhab doesn't consider it to be a rukun, then the leaders and the imams are going to put that into practice. And I'm telling you now that the pak masses, the guji masses, the brelvi masses, the pak yani, you know, MP, all of them, yeah, all of that South Asian subcontinent, the way that they pray is copying their elders, bro. copying their imams. They're the ones who have established that. You look at flipping... Yani all these uh, videos on uh, Ferrari Imam and uh, uh, Bakwas Imam and all that Bakwas, yeah? That's madness. It's just like, you know, what, you know forget about the fact it's Taraweeh or whatever. Forget about the speed of recitation. Just look at the kind of movement. It's just like a fluid movement. 
It's like all fluid. And that... Yeah, well, I and it's, it's yeah, it's insane. So, uh, this uh, it's very important that a person has to completely slow down their prayer. They have to introduce breathing. A tenefus yani in the middle of the prayer and in position is important from a physical point of view as well, not just to in, induce a pause, but also to allow diaphragm to go up, diaphragm to come down, and the body to be able to relax as well, limbs to relax. And these azkar, if you want. They're like a guarantee. They're like a, a fail-safe. That's the, way, the word I should use. It's a fail-safe to make sure that you're praying properly. Does that make sense? Like if your body is not going to do it properly, at least the dhikr is going to make you hang around long enough to do it. Does that make sense? And especially if it's a long dhikr, you can't you know, bust that one. See, they do it because they're just saying, Rabbana wa alhamd, Allahu Akbar. It's all movement behavior. But if we're making someone say, Mil as-sama'i wa mil al-ardi, whilst they're standing, We've hooked that guy up, haven't we? So the dhikr help, breathing helps, and just slowing down helps. All right, so that's important. Now the question should be that that author didn't mention how long it should be. How long should it be? We have a hadith from Bara ibn Azib where he said, رَبَقْتُ الصَّلَاةَ مَعَ مُحَمَّدَ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ فَوَجَدْتُ قِيَامُهُ فَرَكَعَتَ فَاعْتِدَالَهُ بَعْدَ رُقُوئِهِ فَسَجْدَتَهُ فَجَلْسَتَهُ بَيْنَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ he said, narrated by Bukhari, hadith number 792. He said that I prayed with the Prophet, okay, studied it, and I found that his standing, his ruku', his standing after ruku', his sajda, sitting between the sajda, next sajda, sitting after that, before the taslim, and the leaving, roughly the same. Roughly the same. This hadith confuses a lot of people. It is, to be honest, confusing. Okay? Because actually, when you think about it, roughly the same. If a person knocks out a long surah, fatiha, whatever, who is doing uh, that length of time in sujood? Right? And let alone that, who's standing for that long afterwards? That's also strange as well. Okay? Um, so I think the correct th- thing to say is that there's, you know, we are. Yani, you've got to make it longer. You've got to make your positions of, of movement longer and just calm it down. It doesn't have to be exactly the length of a long fatiha, long surah, but basically just in general. And I have to say, I don't think Sheikh Uthameen helps our confusion. He even says here, for example, there are certain prayers, of course, where uh, the prayer is even longer, right? Fislatul Qusuf, for example. In Qusuf, the, 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 the fatiha is super long, so the ruku' must be, yani, very long as well. And when you stand up, that's also very, very long. So what should he say? What should he say for all this period of time? Yani in ruku' for like 15, 20 minutes because the Fatiha and the Surah, you know, in Kusuf, the Sunnah of the Prophet is to recite Baqarah, Al Imran, long, long surahs, right? The whole idea of the eclipse happening, obviously here is everyone go out, go out and watch this Bakwas or whatever they're doing. I don't know what they're doing, yeah? But it's like an hour show and also everyone's buzzing. And whereas the Islamic ethos is the exact opposite, is leg to the masjid, stay in the masjid, istighfar tawbah for the entire period of time until it comes light again, then you go back out. Hour, two hours, I don't know how long it takes. Yeah, the full process. And you're meant to be in ibadah. So the prayer, kusuf prayer, is unique, right? And very long. So Sheikh Uthameen says that if he knows what was said by the Prophet ﷺ, meaning dua of these positions, then he says that. But if he doesn't, then he just repeats the hamd. When Kana Laya Arifu, Kerr al Hamd. 
because hamd, praise, is the basic yani, uh, position uh, uh, here. It's the, yeah, oh, and you can mix it up. Li al-hamd, he says. Or rabbi walaka al-hamd. He can yani, make, uh, he can make moves on, on, on around the, the hamd. All right, let's have a look at, uh, yeah, he'd be saying, rabbana walaka al-hamd, exactly. And I agree with Hamza. I don't think, yani, you know, long person, long, let's say, you know, someone fajr, yeah, decides to recite two pages in the, the fajr, uh, you know, which is normal, yeah? Do we think that the Prophet Sallallahu was in ruku' uh, uh, that long? That's what Bara' says, the hadith in Bukhari. It indicates that it's long. Okay, we can get that. There's lots of tasbih to make, you make into a... What about when standing up? That's a strange one, isn't it? Shaykh Uthameen makes, makes a point. He goes, it is important for us to revive the sunnah. Not to take it to next level and make people completely lose their mind. However, it is important to revive the sunnah because now it is still so strange that if you stand for five seconds, people think that you've forgotten. Isn't it? It's true. Literally, uh, beyond two or three seconds, and the guy, you know, he's, he's either gone to sleep or he's forgotten or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I was with a friend of mine last night and he was remembering one of the brothers yani, who we used to hang around a lot with. Yani, Mashallah, he's come back now to the scene. He's the one brother that I know that full out went to sleep yani, standing in salah. Full out in the Fajr prayer. I was, yani, it was me, it was Q, and in between us, it was my guy, okay? And he knocked out snoring the full shabam. <laughs> the full shabam. No, no, I'm not talking just all that behavior. He was out. Out. On the floor. No, no, standing. It's not like completely out of the question that you think that, you know, Mulvis is going to sleep. You know, if he's like standing there for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, you do start seeing people saying, yeah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, yani. My guy's yani, not sleep, nothing. He's just yani, trying to freak you out, that's all. Yeah? But he could be asleep. Did we not go asleep in Fajr on... <laughs> no, no, I mean, just now. No, that was you stand... I'm not going to lie. I'm involved in the editing of these Umrah videos, yeah? Okay? <laughs> I protect Lala, okay? Usman needs to be protected. Sometimes you don't protect, you know when he's like, like that. I don't protect him like that. That goes out. That makes the final cut. But... Astaghfirullah, <laughs> look at this. But it is true that we were walking out the masjid and Lala was praying a late janazah. Praying a janazah. <laughs> he was praying a janazah prayer. In the courtyard, we were out, just I think on the morning of the Umrah or something like that, guy was full out asleep in the Salah. And I had... Two One second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew this was not going to end favorably for me. So here's the thing, you know, the reason we talk about this is because that Fajr prayer, I definitely fell asleep. I definitely fell asleep. I can't remember anything. I only remember, yani, to give salam. When I gave the salam, everyone was moving. That's why I remember. Like people getting up and stuff like that. So I thought, oh, don't know, we must have done finished there. So I, I said something. Obviously, been awake all night before, all day, done Umrah, mission, miles, whatever, whatnot. Anyway, I put my hand up, fell asleep. I said, if I don't get back to my hotel, I'm going to die. Yeah, so I got up. Obviously, janazah, you know my opinion on janazah in the haram. But anyway, I was out of there. I had a couple of lalas with me, yeah? As we're walking, one of them goes to me, isn't that Usman? <laughs> Whilst we're in the courtyard, he was praying and he was out. I don't care what anyone he says. He admitted afterwards that he fell asleep in Fajr. It was, it was, it was, the janazah takes about 30 seconds. 
I don't know, but you were gone. He was gone like this. Because the guy next to him went, Allahu Akbar, yani, and he normally raises his hands in between. He didn't raise his hands. I got it on camera. Anyway, the point, the point is, obviously he told me, so I pulled out my camera, innit? You know what I mean? I recorded it, and the salam was given, and once everyone had gone, bro, you gave salam. Do and do what, guy? You're praying behind the imam, what are you talking about? Come on, bro. Ibrahim, stop defending him, yara. Okay. <laughs> so I recorded it, and I was going to put it into the edit, but I thought, I can't, yara. So I took it out of the edit. I took it out of the I took it out of the edit. Yeah, just leave me alone, yeah. What are we talking about here? Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen says that you need to introduce that and increase upon you know standing and uh, to make people yani, aware. Right. Um, uh, Lala, let's get some of the uh, attention uh, uh, questions, Yani uh, thingy. You know when they asked you should make uh, you should shout out, bro. Okay, because No man, you know I'm in the zone, bro, I'm in the zone. Right, Rayhan, one second. Uh, those who say hands on the chest are using the general hadith to say that default is hands on the chest. However, we cannot infer this as there's very little evidence from the Sahaba. I would certainly know that this if it was a practice done by the Salaf. Okay, yeah, this is what we said, right? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. The class position is not based upon gravity. The class position is based on that this... Um, that the absence of the... Actually, she's saying the same thing. Whether you say it's gravity or not, or whatever, the placing of the right upon the left, yani, is the sunnah, yani, uh, affirmative action. And in the absence of that, you are in a new position, and that's where the hands go. Correct, yani, whatever you want to call it, yani, based upon gravity, natural. Uh, where do the hands go during the du'a'i kunut in witr? Raised in du'a or at sides? Now, they will come to that in its right time, but I do want to mention that even in that... The raising of the hands is not a condition. Just like it's not a condition to raise hands in a normal du'a. You know, a lot of people think I can't make du'a unless I, you know, sit down and rock back and forth and, you know, look into my hands, whatever. One du'a is whatever your heart calls for and screams out for. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the Hanafi school, that's why I've always been very uh, thingy, uh, what's the word, you know, supportive of the Hanafi approach to du'a kunut. Okay, because in their school, there's none of that yani jazz of lifting their hands and uh, means and uh, whatever. They have that thing on lockdown. They give you exactly 30 seconds to make your dua and bam, game over. <laughs> no more is going to come yani, and do one hour yani murder upon us, isn't it? Yeah, ya hanan, ya manan, ya this, that, whatever. Yep, no way. So I'm down with that behavior. I'm down. So the hands can be lifted and the hands can come down. And likewise, folks were asking this when we're just now in Aqsa. Obviously, for a lot of the people who are in the group, it's the first time that they were taken back by, of course, the Imam making the Qunut in Fajr prayer because of the Shafi'is, as we'll come to maybe later. In the Shafi'i Madhab, it's part of the official Madhab that every Fajr in the second Raka'ah of the Fard prayer, there is a Dua'i Qunut, okay? And so they will raise their hands, they will make Dua, and you are not obligated to follow that. If you're their follower, like I am, I don't lift my hands. I don't have to say Ameen, I don't have to do anything. If you say Ameen, that's okay. If you raise your hands, that's okay. But I prefer not that the hands are raised because this is different to what would be a qunut al-nazila, which is yani, a decision made by the imam that we've got a major problem. So in the same place, same time it would happen. And that's yani, a request for the community to lift their hands is happening there, here and there, as is the sunnah. Whereas the shafi'i position is making a big, is making a big shout. It's saying every fajr prayer has got to be like that. The majority are saying, no, it doesn't. There's no evidence to be able to say every fajr prayer has to be like that. And so 
Therefore, it's a lot bigger an issue to raise the hands in the Fajr one behind the Shafi'i uh, Imam as opposed to any Imam making du'a qunut or du'a qunut witr and making du'a which is uh, something. Yeah. Um, I thought one of the opinions in the Hanbali Madhab was that of Takhir. Yeah, that is the position. Yani, regardless of how we, we phrase it. Okay? All right. Put that down. All right. Okay. What's next? Next is the raising of the hands. So number one, we've established you've got to pause a little bit, wait, show some honor to the position. And before we go down now, right, is there a, a raising of the hands for the sajda? Yes? No, another one, no. The raising is not for the sajda, it's for the coming back up. So we've raised the hands, now coming back up. It's understood by people to be the raising of the hands for the sajda because it kind of happens when you're standing and just about to go down. It's like literally right before the sajda, so it feels like the one for the sajda. But in actual fact, when we say, is it the one for the sajda, we're saying when you go towards going down now and you raise the hands whilst going down. And, as you'll see some scholars do, because it has been narrated from some of the salaf, not only would they do that, but in between the two sajdas, when you sit back up, they'd raise their hands as well. This is rejected by the four imams, though, the majority of the scholars. And as I said, only a few tiny individuals actually did that. All right? And it's not the only to be, uh, uh, to be followed. All right. <coughs> yeah, that also could be, but then we'd know that if they didn't raise their hands at the beginning. We'd know if they didn't raise their hands when standing up that these are the people who are doing it too late. On the way down to Sajda? No. Yeah, but that's a bit different. Yeah, and what's happening there is the completion of the Rafa' which started. You're looking at their hands, aren't you? Yeah, that's... Yani, yani, uh, what you're saying is a person goes, Samiyallahu liman hamida, then lift their hands. Okay? Whereas me, I'm interpreting that as Samiyallahu liman hamida. Yani, I, I get it that the real raising actually happens while standing, but the hands have started to come up. You get what I'm trying to say? And if that's the case and they finish while standing up, that's what needs to happen. And as we said last week, little bits off on this is okay. But what you're saying, which is that they do it on the way down, yes. right, fully stood up. I think the fully stood up is a, you know what I'm saying? That's okay. A little bit okay. All right? Okay. Okay, Rabbana walaka alhamd. But if, again, again, if that happens, it's the Imam's problem. He's causing a problem there. The Imam is causing a problem. He's got to be saying Samiyallahu alhamdulillah and shouldn't be saying that while standing up. So the person should have finished from Rabbana walaka alhamd. And if the hands go up, yani in that praise of laka alhamd, there's a natural process. So when the salah is done properly, the Imam should say it early, the, re- the respondee should say it, respond early, and the hamd is the completion of the move. That's what it's got to be. And that's what we've got to try and educate people, not to be standing up and suddenly then, then raise their hands. But when we educate, we don't make inkar because as Uthaymin said, there is definitely some flexibility in this issue. Right. Now is the big discussion. Big discussion. Going down. How do we go down? 
How do we go down? Head first. Head first. <laughs> so, this is something which you'd be surprised, you won't be surprised to know, is a matter of intense discussion. Okay? Um, let's look at this. He says, he goes down upon the seven limbs, sabata a'adha, his two feet, then his two knees, then his two hands, and then his forehead with his nose. Okay? But these are six. Two hands, knees, hands, sorry, two feet, knees, hands, six, yeah? And then the forehead and the nose, seven, which should be eight. They're not one, are they? It's not your head. That's your face. <laughs> your head's on your face. <laughs> Lala, your head's on your face. Right. So what, what is... Okay. Not a bone. Not a ba. Okay. How are we... Let's now work this out then. It's not, to be honest... As Sheikh Uthameen says, They're not the same thing. However, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he connected them. The evidence, the hadith of Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, and the Nabi وسلم, that he said, I was ordered to prostrate on seven bones. And That's interesting, right? So he said, he said, upon the forehead, and he pointed to his nose. That's basically the evidence. There's no qiyas, there's no sense. There's a, he said the forehead, and he pointed to his nose. Okay? Now, yep, as Usman is indicating, we don't know whether he pointed here, whether he pointed here, whether it was a general point indicating forehead starting there. Could be, but there's no doubt. What bone is it? Up to where? Yeah, up to here. How far exactly? It's here. Yeah, this, the, the septum? Yeah. You're talking about the septum? Here the septum finished. Yeah. The That's the septum's there, finished. There's a bone. What's this bone called? The nasal bone? It's the same part of the... Part of the skull. Orbital fused. Orbital it's fused here. Yeah. How high does it go? It's all, all around. No, how high does it go? It's it's all all Yeah, it has to be a nose issue because you can't exactly that. Many people prostrate on their forehead without their nose. Many people. Not the other way around, that way around. Yeah, it's got to be the nose. No doubt because the Prophet ﷺ pointed to it. Then he said the hands and then the knees and the, the toes. Uh, and... We do not tie up our hair and our uh, clothes. The same hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, you prostrate on this, and he pointed to his nose, hands, knees, toes, and we don't fold up our hair and our clothes. So that basically means, you know, people who, 
I mentioned this last time, right? That people who tie up their hair because they don't want it to prostrate, they don't want it to you know, get dirty, or they, they tie up or they roll up their clothes because it's getting dusty, for example. You know, people have a little bit of pride behavior. So that, that's got to be prohibited. However, if a person comes to the prayer with it tied and with, you know, uh, uh, you know, rolled up, whatever, and it's a style or a fashion thing, that's okay. It's when you come to the prayer and suddenly roll it up. That's not on. That's not on. Okay, so... Um, anyway, the point is, is that this is something which is a part of that one, and that's it, it's seven. Okay, so it's clear that he goes down, all right, with... His feet, his feet, knees, and then the hands. Okay? How do we understand that? First of all, isn't he already standing on his feet? What does that mean? Why did he mention the feet when you're already standing on your feet? No, why is the author, sorry, beg your pardon. Why is the author saying that you go down on your feet? But he's standing on his feet. It's going to happen anyway. It's not possible to go down without being on your feet. Go on. Yeah. Correct. Exactly that. The reason why he had to state that and make it a very clear condition is because how many people lift their feet up whilst they're in sajda? And that invalidates the sajda. So, you know when a person does that, and we'll come to this more in detail next week, but if a person does that, how long are we on? Oh, 53. Can we do this? That's a big discussion, bro. Seven minutes, Bengali's leaving, man. Bengali's out. We can't let the Bengali's leave. You're going to do a Google, how are you going to do it? What? Next week. The video needs to be played and debated and discussed. Yeah, it would have been good to do it here, Yara. You know, let's do it here, Yara, forget that, come on. Sleep is for the week, right? Yeah, I've got a flight in like four hours, yeah? Absolute zero sympathy whatsoever. Okay, never mind. Let me try that again. <laughs> No, 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 let's do it now, Yara. Forget it. Qurban. Qurban ho gaya. Qurban ho gaya. Right. So, alright, listen. The feet are going to come up, yeah? You see people praying and their feet come up. I'm saying to you that that invalidates the sajda. Now, does that mean the prayer is invalidated? No. It means that that is not a sajda at that time once the feet come up. You see people, you know, like this. And we'll talk about this later. It's got to be firmly fixed. I'll give demonstrations next week. But the point is here that if you are able to say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la whilst the feet were touching and then the feet came up, you got your sajda in. That's the point. Yeah? But otherwise, there's got to be contact. That's the reason why it's been mentioned. Then on the knees. He says, then the knees. All right? Hmm. Now, Okay. It has been narrated from the Prophet that when he went into prostration, that he started with his knees before his hands. 
However, a number of scholars, they said this hadith is weak, that he went on his knees first and then his hands. As for that which has been established from the Prophet then it's the following hadith. And are we about to have some mental fun right now? Hadith Abu Huraira, and he said that the Prophet said, إِذَا سَجَدَ أَحَدُكُمْ فَلَا يَبْرُكُ كَمَا يَبْرُكُ الْبَعِيرِ If one of you is about to go to prostration, then do not go down like the camel goes down. Don't make your descent لَا يَبْرُكُ, ال... لا يبرك كَمَا يَبْرُكُ الْبَعِيرِ You should not go down like the ba'ir goes down, like the camel goes down. So, that's just the first part of the hadith. Alright? That's the first part of the hadith. We'll come to the second part in a second. Right? Don't go down like the camel goes down. Therefore, it's very clear from this statement that the Prophet ﷺ has prohibited to, for a person to go down like the camel goes down. And how does the camel go down? Lala, hit it. <laughs> yes, bro. Short one first. Make sure that it's on the portal, yeah? Right, as you look, look, look in the background, oldest city in the world, 1,000, 10,000 years old. Yes, bro, while you were munching, drinking juice, Bandu here was thinking students, LP, Dean, Dawa, Tabligh, Ilm. Oh my God, how many that I went. And you know what it was? The problem was, of course, a person would go on and they'd do it. Then I'd realize that she's inappropriately dressed. Delete. Next person, come on. Next person, on. I wasn't going to pay for it. And there were not enough people that were willing to pay. So I waited for 25 minutes from some Tamiz people to actually come and sit. We drove like two hours to get to this place, okay? And I'm standing there recording, recording, recording. I don't know how many I deleted. All right? All these lot are there, Mount Temptation, all their Christian bakwas. This is Usman's aqsa behavior. This is what he wants to do. Mount Temptation. What the fish is that? Yeah? Okay. Anyway. You know what's funny? I've got a video of you here in Hajj. Huh? With that camel that we went to see in, was it in Arafah? Okay. Did I say record it so we can I've do it? I've got it here. No, did, I, did I tell you? Record it so we yeah, can yeah, use I've it. I've got it, but I'll send it to you after the time. Oh, is that maybe that one's better? It's you and giving commentary in the back. Explaining. <laughs> this is why I do it. Yellow, play it. Go on, play it. Right. Where's the volume, bro? There's no volume. Where, where's the commentary? I'm doing commentary. <laughs> bro, excuse me. Are they watching that proper fully? They're watching the screen. I, I told you. I said, do you want audio on it? You said, they don't need audio on it. Yeah, but then you said, because I could screen share. and I said, I said download the video. It's like 10 megabytes or something. I can, I can put the... No, no. Okay, all right. It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. <laughs> That's pure lame quality, bro. Put, 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 put the full video. Is it going to take a long time? You know what it is? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Just play this video again. I wasn't even watching. Go on. Just play it. Full screen, yeah? Right. right. You tell me what's happening there. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's happening there. What's happening there? Okay. And Baji just got off and she was that. She was all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bit dodgy trousers, but you know. All right. Okay. The next one, you have no idea. I had to go with it. I had to go with it. I'm sorry, yeah? I had to go with it. I didn't have like a whole load of people in thobes and stuff. All right. Here. All right. This one. All right. Watch this. 
Now check my effects now. Watch this, bro. Yes, bro. Slow motion coming up. Oh, yes. You guys don't know what you get, man. I'm telling you. Lala, slow motion. Deco, na? Bro, check it out. Come on. Break it down. Tell me what's happening. Tell me what knee? Where did you get the knee from? Hands. Where's the hands? Where's the knees? Let's debate, folks. Has a camel got hands? Right. What? You tell me what is touching now. Knee of what? Oof. It's beautiful, that, isn't it? You know what? I'm looking at my own handiwork I'm thinking Subhanallah Oof I don't know if there's a Lala or is this a Baji I'm not sure Is that it? I think it's a Baji I think it is But she had a jacket on It was alright Yeah <laughs> Right So let's play that again And let's debate it properly now Alright What is it standing on? For what? Feet Four legs? Four legs? Okay then. So what's in between these legs? What's that bone? Knee bone? So what's on the top part? What's on the bottom part? Huh? Elbows. Ross, man. Next level. Elbows. Heavy <laughs> ones, bro. The whole thing. The whole thing. Elbow like an elbow. Like the sister said, elbow. So you're saying the whole front two are two arms with an elbow. Bottom part and the front part. Yeah? And the two legs at the back are knees. Right. So what you're, then, so what you're saying, now play it back again, Lala. What you're saying then is that what touches the floor first then is the hands then. The, 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 the palms, I mean. Not the hands. The palms of the arm. Because. Of course it does. No. Alright, we'll see if it matters in a minute or not. Okay? So now the hands have gone down first, according to the idea that there is. That's fine. But nobody ever said, Yanni, that a four legged beast is not a four legged beast, bro. Who on, the, on this planet said that a camel has two legs and two arms? Yeah, four-legged. Oh, what, 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 what? Wait, four knees and two elbows. What? The front legs have two elbows. Are you kidding me, bro? You gotta get back to comments. Right. Let's, don't delete the video. Just put it down. Right. Alright, let's see what Solange is saying. Because Solange, Yanni, you know what? She's Yanni. She's, she's Yanni. Okay. It's standing on its hands and feet. Then its reversed elbows go down <laughs> one at a time. Then its knees. Same, same thing as you. So the camel went down. On his hands first, then his knees. Alright. Lutz is saying the camel is stood on four hooves. We describe a camel as a four-legged animal, so each with a knee. No elbows. 
camel has four legs, not two legs and two arms. So she's disagreeing fundamentally. Bro, you want to slow right down. Because if Lutz was here, she'd bat you one, bro. Lala, the easy way is to take the camel as four body parts. Therefore, the front are the arms and the back are the legs. not my fault at all. If you thought this was confusing, what did what see what Abu Huraira just said? So, where are we now? Is someone going to give me some definitive, you know, zoology textbook that's going to just smash it? Not to bend the front arms. Now, first of all, I need to agree, is the two front arms arms or the legs, or what are they? You are considering, if you are comparing the human with the camera, if you have to interpret the hadith, their prophet has compared the camel sitting of a camel. Yeah. So we are comparing with a human with a camel. And the only way we can compare it so is to give it the, arms. Yes. Or you can take it as if we bend the upper body of uh, yes, half exactly. of the body yeah. and go down to yeah. the lower half of the body. Mm-hmm. How does the upper body, upper upper mean hands? Yes. 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 Also the front of the camel is the upper body, That's also another good uh, uh, thingy, right? Yes. All the hadith should be answered in general that the camel puts the front part the before the back part or the upper before and that would mean hands before knees good yes okay right it's a camel not a human if we are using it as a simile we have to imagine elbows we already imagined elbows bro we already did that now listen to what Sheikh Uthameen now says okay that's what he's I'm gonna now go with it as he now uh He then says, <laughs> this is fun. So he said, let not one of you go down for sajda like the camel goes down. So let him then put his hands down first, then his knees. He has not read the anatomy. He has not read the anatomy. Sorry, I got to say it in a pack accent. He has not read the anatomy. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually copying exactly what he said, not read the anatomy. It doesn't sound right in English. Right. Don't go down like a camel. May mean don't go down in a cumbersome, awkward way. Go down gracefully, smoothly. Did you. Look, are you watching the flipping video? Did that camel go down in a cumbersome, awkward way? It was pure honey, it was. Did you see how that camel went down? It couldn't have gone down slower if it had tried. He took his time, it was relaxed, went back, on front. The way to go down is just to collapse, isn't it? It went down in a three. You hear what I'm saying? So sorry, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. Right. So you tell me what's going on, folks. Abu Huraira, radiallahu an, he said, so let the person then put his hands down first before his knees. Yeah. So that's something about the position of the elbows and hands is a later issue. This is not about the going down. That's when you're down. So we're not talking about when you're down. We're talking about the going down. So you now tell me what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he's taken the complete generic tense of that he's accepted that a camel has no arms whatsoever. Right. And a camel goes down on its knees. So we don't go down on our knees. We go down on our hands because we have hands. And the camel doesn't have arms or elbows. It only has legs. And, the camel, the and as it goes down... The only way that a camel can go down, this is good, this is one interpretation, that the only way that a camel can go down is on his knees, so that we shouldn't go down on the knees, therefore put your hands first, and then we don't go down knees, therefore put the hands first, then the camel, then the, the, the knees. <laughs> oh God, I'm gone. I'm gone, Yara. I should be asleep, and then the customer should be. But I'm gone. But anyway, so put the hands first, then the knees. That's what the hadith says. Alright. That's what Abu Huraira says. Okay. Here's the thing. The vast majority of scholars that use this hadith, they ruled on this hadith and said these first. Now tell me what's happening. What have they done? No. They're using that same hadith. There's another interpretation, Lala. Yeah, like we were just saying. No. No. I've spoken about this in Fiqh Salah. Ibn al-Qayyim did a big yani, big shout on this. And he made a statement which has obviously caused mega controversy. He said, either Abu Huraira or one of the narrators completely did inqilab. Inqilab means going completely the wrong way around. Yani they're basically saying it's a mistake from the narrator. That the second part of the hadith contradicts the first half. The majority of scholars said that. Okay? This hadith, this hadith I just mentioned. Where is it? Um, I think it's Bukhari, isn't it? No, sorry, it's not. It's narrated by Imam Ahmed, volume 2, 381. Narrated by Abu Dawood as well, 840. Okay? All right. No one, yani, uh, uh, Abu Huraira, uh, Ibn Qayyim didn't say that Abu Huraira was the one that made the inqilab, even though that's completely possible, but it's unlike him. But it's very possible one of the narrators that's narrating from Abu Huraira made the inqilab, made the yani, additional statement, and it seems like Abu Huraira is speaking, but it's actually one of the idea. Yes, Salange, because I mentioned it in Fiqh Salah, correct. Okay. And so uh, this position itself has been highly criticized, this, this statement of Ibn Qayyim. That how can it be yani, an inqilab? Actually, he got it right. And of course, at the forefront of the people is Sheikh Lalbani. Sheikh Lalbani, very much the proponent, foremost proponent for hands first over knees. What's his argument? Every hadith that indicates elsewise is, is weak. And there are a number of hadith that indicate that the one that the Prophet ﷺ used to go down hands first and then knees. Hadith narrated by Ibn Khuzayma and by Adar Qutni. Sheikh Al-Bani said it's Sahih. I think the hadith is Zaif. The majority of the scholars consider it to be Zaif. Uh, so he is obviously a muhadith. If he's authenticated the hadith, he's going to go with the hadith. And that's fair enough. I want you to know, regardless of our discussion, the most important statement that you will hear is that which was said by Ibn Taymiyyah. He said, Ibn Taymiyyah said, there is a consensus of all the fuqaha that it is permissible to go down with the hands or with the knees first. Both are acceptable because of a genuine difficulty in trying to understand what this hadith means. Does that make sense? So it is allowed to go down hands first, it's allowed to go down knees first, okay? Despite that, the majority of the scholars, class position, my personal position, 
is that there is has been a mistake in the hadith narrating by one of the narrators. He did say, he basically, he wrote or he said what he wasn't thinking. You know, one of those. Like I just said, you know, he puts his hands down, then his camel, right? I, I didn't think, you know, camel came out, but I'm thinking my knees, right? So that's what happens. Sometimes people say something and it's the exact opposite of what you intended. That's what inqilab is, okay? So that happened and what he meant to say is, so therefore put your knees first and then your hands. And that's what the majority of the scholars understood it as. They said, no, that's not a mistake by Hurairah. He did get it right. It is no arms, legs behavior. It's all legs. And we have hadith as well. So both parties can interpret this hadith very easily towards their direction. And therefore, both positions are acceptable. And that's our class position, that both positions are absolutely acceptable, as Ibn Taymiyyah said. But the class practice, the recommended practice, is the position of the majority. Knees first and hands. The final thing to say, of course, is what about someone who's got problems? That's something else, of course. Person who has got knee issues or hurts or pain or operation or any, no problem at all for them to go with their hands first. And that's required sometimes because to go down knees is very, very painful. Yep, can be very painful if you've got a, got, a, got, a, got a problem. Could it mean that do not sit down first and then do prostration? It could be. That's also a nice point. You know, like in the pack women do? You know how pack women make for sajda? Have you guys seen that? Seeing your mums make sajda, right? Yeah, I'm talking band version. They sit down proper, then they go into sajda, right? So they completely sit down, make a ball, and then they go down. And that's not just packs, actually. This is one of the variations of all of the four schools when it comes to the women's prayer. All of the four schools consider the women's prayer to be different to the male in the way that they close their body down. And in sajda, they're not opening up their body because of the anatomy of the woman. So that's the man position. Women, it's always the end when it comes to their hands. I, mean, I think I discussed this before. Arms in, closed positions, everything is closed. When you're in Rukur, everything's closed. We said, no, there's no evidence for that. But however, you should know that. And so it could be that. Okay? No. Harris makes an important question. If the hadith is the wrong way around, does it make it a weak hadith? No. Because we didn't say the whole hadith is the wrong way around. And we didn't say that the hadith is weak or, or inauthentic. We said that the author, that the narrator, was trying to say something and got it the wrong way around. It's not the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, which has been mentioned that is uh, wrong. It is the explanatory statement of Abu Huraira. The explanatory, the end of the statement. You hear what I'm saying? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. I think we've covered all the questions there as well. Okay? And online here, anything else? Guys, folks, thing? There's one question at the end ladies asked about who's going to Masjid Aqsa. He's asked a question at the start. Masjid Aqsa? Mm, ah, okay, yeah. What is the ruling of a menstruating woman entering the masjid? Can she attend for halaqa as a lot of masajid do not have more than the Muslim? Farah, when you're asking a question yeah, and you don't want to answer it, you just put a fake name there and as opposed to... <laughs> I just couldn't resist, bro. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Okay. Can she... Yeah, we're whatever. Yeah, yeah, you thought, right, I'm going to get blamed for this. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you've been bandam for it. Okay. So the ruling on a menstruating woman entering the masjid, I believe it's permissible. Okay. You're just doing this on purpose, aren't you, Lala? I haven't read it once yet. All right. I believe it's permissible. Okay, as long as she doesn't take the position of a place, yeah, of someone who needs to pray. Can she attend for halaqa? Yes, she can. A lot of masajid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you can go aqsa, no problem. Uh, most of those masajid are kind of pseudo masajid anyway, in that they are, yeah, I mean, the situation is very relaxed. 
All right. Um, when one of you prostrates, let him put his hands down before his knees and not kneel like a camel. Okay. Yani, there are a number of narrations yani, that, that indicate that, but this one I don't know. Not in this order anyway. I don't believe that this is the, the authenticated version of Abu Hurairah because the hadith about what you should do comes at the end of the hadith, not this one. This one is like a hadith that a person's quoting. Okay? We'll come to the rest of Sajda later. Any announcements? Any things? No? Khalas? A few days. So the class that I'm teaching in Manchester, which is the 20 weekend of the 22nd of March, which is the Tafsir Sut Ali Imran, the early bird price, which is a discounted price, uh, expires in a few days. So if you're planning on coming, make sure you get your tickets quickly. Okay, guys, Zakmullah Khair, Subhanakallah, Bihamdika, Shadwallah, Ilahilan, Tastafurakallah, Wa Atubalik, Wa Salam Alik, Wa Rahmatullah, Wa Barakatuh. Right.